So I hear you can sing. Well, I can't sing. Now would not be a, you know... An ideal time? Well, maybe. It would. I don't know. All, no, all I, you I need mean, is love? It's been a long... Yeah, that's... Well, all you need is self-love. All you need is self-love. Come yeah. on, one line. As my mom would say, come <laughs> on, just remember. one line. Easy. My mom was a singer, so she... Ah. Yeah, she loved to sing, and uh, or she loves to sing. I don't know why I'm talking Ooh. about my mom in the past tense. She lives in Chicago, and she is Still fine and well. with us. Okay, yes, good. yes. And um, she would, and I don't have a singing voice, but I feel like if someone in your family can sing, they think everyone can sing. It's kind of like taking a drink, like you want someone to join you. I'm like, but I can't sing. So she would say, come on, just one line. So, Ed, come on, just one line. I'm the same way. There were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. Yay! <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but but there there could be lots of things. But we'll, we'll warm up a little bit. We'll do some things. We could do some things. But singing, all you need is self love. Is that true? If I say so, let me back up. All right. So you're listening to Dear Anxiety. Today's show is all about self-love. This is the show where we talk about our feelings and our thoughts, how we relate to our mental health. It's emotional fitness. You could think of it like that. We don't know what that term even means, and I'm not even sure there is such a term. But if there were, what would it mean? And this is where we explore thoughts and feelings, how we relate to those things. And they're with us all the time. They're with us every second. And so myself, Ed Krasnick, and my partner, Rini Jane, who's about to join us, will explore those issues. And today we're talking about self-love. We're getting a little selfie-ish. But I have to tell you that Rini has made an exploration of many things in her own personal life and professional life about things like anxiety relief and things like anger transformation and she has these skills and these tools and these interventions. And we practice here on this show. We explore it because everybody talks about mental health. Very few people show you that you can have tools and then practice the tools because we need a lot of practice as human beings. So Rini started with exploring this with the father of applied positive psychology, Martin Seligman, at the University of Pennsylvania, she holds a master's degree in applied positive psychology. And then she goes on to start her own company called GoZen, which teaches resilience skills, anxiety relief, how to stress better, all kinds of things to kids, parents, schools all over the world using animation and creative play. Are you here? I am here. I am here indeed. Okay. And I'm excited to talk about self-love. Yeah, you sound a little bit. Yeah, you, you sound excited. But you, you do you have experience with this? <laughs> no, I asked because I don't think anybody knows. I think it's rare to, do you get selfish? Do you, do you get guilty when you hear like self-love? Do you feel like it's extravagant? Oh. Oh, as is like, yeah, this is decadent, right? Like, how yeah. dare you love yourself? Don't you right. have other people to love? Don't you have other things to do? Yeah. What about your kids? Yeah. Aren't you busy loving them? How could sure. you possibly love yourself? Can right. you imagine a world in which we felt whole all the time, in which we walked into every situation, in every context, feeling like we're enough, that there's no self-doubt? That there's no record or, or song playing in our head that's beating us down. Can you imagine a world like this? It is the least mm. selfish thing 
that we can do. And I'm going to tell you something, okay, since you brought that up, and I don't think I've talked about this, but a long time ago, I was in a terrible relationship. It was in my early 20s, and I was actually married, and he was a fine person, you know, but it was kind of like a corporate merger, like it was sort of good on paper, Mm -hmm. but not anywhere else. But I thought that I needed to stay in that relationship because if I exited that relationship, that would be hurting everyone else. That would be hurting him. That would be hurting his family. That would be hurting my family. And nowhere in the scenario was me. And I promise you that this happened. I was taking a flight to New York for work and I heard (laughs) the cheesy message that they give you when you're taking off. It's not cheesy. It's a safety message. Okay, everyone pay attention to it when they're talking about it. But they're like, Mm. you know, should there be an emergency, the oxygen masks will drop from the plane. Please put your oxygen mask on before you begin to help your children and loved ones. And I know that people have used this metaphorically. I heard it literally, and then I applied it to myself. I thought to myself in that moment, there has never been a moment until then in my life where I applied the oxygen mask first, where I thought that my needs should be put above or at par with someone else's. I was a very typical, I'm saying this with air quotes, martyr. Well, I'll just make everyone else happy. And then somehow that will make me happy. It is, I think, one of the most selfish things you can do because it's destructive. And eventually the people around you are destroyed if you are not nourishing yourself. So it is far, far, far from selfish to nurture yourself, to love yourself, to give yourself compassion. I think it is an ingredient, a a very necessary, if not the biggest ingredient in living a flourishing life. So, okay. So you said a mouthful there. That's a lot to digest, but great. Give them a mantra. What are you going to tell people? What can you tell people? Because people need mantras in this life. They, you need a quick reminder that tells you that. What would be a good one for for you? What would be a good Mm -hmm. one for people listening? Mm -hmm. It's okay to give to myself. I'm worthy. I love myself. I am enough. I am enough is a great one. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am the Eggman. I am the Walrus. Goo 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 choo. Now that's a Beatles mantra. But uh, no, I am enough is is the way to is the way to do it. I am enough is the way to do it. It's very powerful, and it will remind you in the moment. It could remind you in the moment to take a second. And we talk about minding the gap. We talk about taking pauses in life so that you can recover yourself, so that you can get present, so that you can make choices about your thoughts and feelings. And that's all you need. You just need a a little moment there. You just need a little second. Otherwise, it's autopilot and we're in survival mode. And you cannot, you can't love yourself really or other people if you're in survival mode. You can't. It's all reactive. And it's so funny how when we're not kind to ourselves, it's one thing. But when we see our kids being unkind to themselves, that can be devastating for us. And we look at them and we're thinking to ourselves, how can you say those words to yourself, right? Is it, doesn't it cause you an incredible amount of pain when you see a child saying to themselves, I hate myself. Yeah. I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. I'm X, Y, and Z. My goodness, there's nothing more painful. How does that happen? It's a, how does it happen? 
I don't know, different people, different different ways. But if you have a kid who's sensitive or who has, and certainly every child is sensitive, sensitive without knowing that they have, that they're valuable and powerful and enough, then it's a prescription for a lot of painful experiences because you have the sensitivity of a child, but you don't have the knowledge to know that your feelings and thoughts don't make you a bad person. So that's kind of what I grew up with. And I thought I was a bad person for having feelings and thoughts, everyday feelings and thoughts. I thought I was a bad person. I thought there was something wrong with me. I'm bad. I'm yeah. bad. Not I am enough, but I'm bad. Oh, no. It's I'm bad, I'm a bad 24 kid. hours a day. And not only is it I'm bad, everyone else is good. That's the other thing. No oh, one else yes. is bad with me. The er- yes. I'm bad. Everyone else is good. Yes. You know, it's so interesting. I read this research study the other day because you're talking about social comparison, right? Well, everyone else is good and I'm bad. Oh, my goodness. They did this study where they were trying to figure out. So you've heard of the loving kindness meditation. I know, Ed, the loving kindness meditation has Buddhist origins, but it's, you know, been studied in the West left and right. It's a It's a meditation where you are sending love and kindness to yourself and you're sending it out to other people. You're sending it out to people who have hurt you. You're sending it out to people you know. You're sending it out to the universe. You're sending it back to yourself. You are exploring the connectedness of all of us. But anyway, my point is, is that they did this study where they gave these particular phrases to people. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you know peace. May you know that you are loved. Okay, so let's let's first say those phrases, and then I'm going to tell you about the study. May you be happy. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be healthy. May you know peace. May you know peace. May you know that you are loved. May you know that you are loved. Okay, so they took about 550 adults, and they assigned them to one of four contemplations while they were taking a walk, right? One of four meditations, let's say, while they were taking a walk. So the first one was downward social comparison. So they told people, go on a walk. And every time you see someone, think about how you're better off than the person that you see. So this is the opposite of what you were just talking about. Then the second group of people, they told to think about interconnectedness. Think about how you're connected to each person you notice on your walk. What do you have in common with them? Then the third group of people, they gave this loving kindness meditation. And they said, say these phrases, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you know peace, may you know that you're loved as you're walking and wish that to each person as you see them while you're walking. And then the final group, they just said, pay attention to what people look like. This was like a control group, right? What they're wearing. It wasn't really meant to do anything. It was just a control for all of the other variables. So the main takeaway from this particular study is that loving kindness, that particular group, led to the highest levels of happiness and the lowest levels of anxiety post the experiment, even more than feelings of interconnectedness. So it's amazing what not only sending other people love and sending yourself love, what it can do. They've researched this over and over and over again. So self-love, self-compassion is extremely important when it comes to our well-being. But how do we do it? And how do we get our kids to do it? Yeah, I was so wondering about that. You know, how do we get our kids to do it? How do we model it for them? And I, and you know, I always want to know, like, is it something that can be done together? Or is it something that you must do for yourself first so that you can model it? 
I think absolutely it doesn't have it can be done in parallel. I don't think it's going to be great in the culture of your household if you're trying to teach your kids self-compassion and self-love and then you're self-loathing, right? It doesn't really work that doesn't way really because work. Mm. kids are sophisticated and they're intuitive and they pick up on that stuff. Well, why are you saying that kind of stuff to yourself and kicking yourself down well, when now you're I asking have, me not yeah. to? Now I have yeah. to re-go back and do everything all over again because you just cause I've been doing it the other way. <laughs> and so now I have to almost do what I rewind. say, not what I do. Right? Yeah, I yeah. got to rewind it. I got to rewind it. But yeah, so that's I think I think what comes up for people is they don't have enough time. Is that all of the things that we're talking about right now? Like that's great if you're feeling good. Like all of this stuff is, is it sounds great, but that's if your life is going well and you feel yes. good. The, yes, the time to yes. do this is when your life is going well. You don't do this stuff when your life is is, is crap. Yes. And unfortunately, you do, both. So, you do both. So many listeners are, you know, and I don't know that this is true of so many listeners, but I imagine that there are some listeners out there. They're listening to this that they're saying, yeah, that's great, but I live in hell. I don't have time for this. I'm listening to the podcast, but practicing this stuff? No way. So can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I. Number one, I feel that pain and I feel that suffering. I've been in that place many times in my life and not just way, way in the past, you know. I've been in that place last week. <laughs> was there last week. <laughs> you know, it happens. There's the ebb and flow to your life that no matter how much you know and how much research you do and how much what the practices are that you implement into your life, it doesn't stop from the events from happening. The events are still happening in my life, right? But my reaction to them, my response to them is different. So I feel you. I, I really understand. I think that some of these things can be done in 20 seconds or less. And I think that just like brushing your teeth in the morning, you make it a habit of life. So if you are feeling like you are suffering, one of my favorite things to do is literally to take a pause and say this line that I learned from a researcher named Kristen Neff. And she said, just take a pause and say to yourself, this is a moment of suffering. I know that sounds too easy. So what's that going to do? You're bringing awareness to yourself. If a friend came to you and told you that they were having a hard time with someone, I spoke to a friend today who was having a hard time with someone and I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, I see that this is so hard for you. That's what you are doing for yourself. Acknowledge your suffering. And then if you want to go deeper, you can. So suffering is a part of life and I'm not alone. Other people feel this way and at times we all struggle. And that really gives you that sense of connectedness. It's not that misery loves company and you want everyone to be miserable. This is about common humanity and not making yourself feel like you live on an island. And then the final thing that you can do is really be kind and compassionate to yourself. So some of the lines, again, that I learned from Kristen Neff is, may I give myself compassion May I learn to accept myself as I am. May I forgive myself. May I be strong. May I be patient. You know, and, and add these words into your own life as you see fit. But when we're teaching this to kids, it's like, how do we get kids to do this? And, you know, what's the translation of that for kids? Is we start with conversation. So if you ask your kids 
just open up the conversation and ask them if they know what compassion is or how they would describe compassion. Well, what would they say? Yeah. And if they don't know what it is, it's an amazing point of discussion. It's about caring about the suffering of other people. And once they are able to grasp that, which <laughs> I've never met a kid who's not able to, right? Because it comes naturally to them. They're compassionate beings. Then we ask them, well, what is self-compassion? What does it mean to turn that inward? And one of the things that kids really like to do at, at any age is they love to write letters to themselves, to themselves. So, dear me, I'm awesome. <laughs> or we can use you, right? Dear me, you are awesome. Yesterday, you had a really hard day, but we all have hard days, you know, but I love you. You love you. I just thought I should remind you, love me. Something like that, right? Something mm. so simple, something mm. so simple. Write a letter to yourself. Describe your problem. How would you talk to your friend in this situation? Because what we see with like self-hate and self-loathing is it's per it perpetuates, right? And have you ever heard of confirmation bias, Ed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Say it. Yeah. This idea where your mind starts to search for evidence to support what you believe. So, you know, we start to look for evidence that we believe that we're not such a great person, right? Did you do that as a kid? Remember you were saying that oh. I thought you thought you were bad. Oh, yeah. And then you looked all over the place for evidence and then you found it, sure. right? That's sure. confirmation bias. Yeah. Well, look, I'm bad. You know, I got yelled at or mm -hmm. I did something wrong at school or here's the evidence that support it. And so we need to be able to break that cycle because self-loathing just becomes a cycle. I say these self-loathing things. Here's the evidence to support it. And then I, I hate myself even more. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. It breaks my heart to say I hate myself, thinking a kid could hate themselves. Yep. I have been there myself as a kid and a parent. And I, I have to say it's incredibly painful, but you become it becomes a habit and you stop feeling the pain of it. But you are internalizing it. So you're walking around with all this you know, trauma. It's traumatic. It is, it traumatic. is traumatic. Yeah. And the, so this is the interesting thing. I think, I truly wholeheartedly believe that kids come into this world whole. They don't come in self-hating, self-loathing, right? They come in with incredible self-love. And then I think what happens is they're, they start to see things like, oh, I'm here. Oh, I don't do math as well. Or, oh, I don't have as many friends. And I would like to have more friends. I would like to be better at math. I would like to be on the basketball team, right? They see all of these goals that they have. And instead of the goal being an inspiration, it becomes a point of self-loathing or self-criticism. Because why? Why do we criticize ourselves? Like, what is the point? There's a point. Because we have fear that we're not enough, that we're not lovable. Because we have fear that we're not enough. Mm -hmm. And we think that criticizing ourselves will make us motivated to be enough? So yeah. self-criticism is used as a motivator. Yes, yes. Mo yes. Um, or, or, yeah, a motivator or to keep you where you are, which is which is the paradox, which is I'm actually more comfortable because I know what this is than 
may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you know peace, may you know that you are loved. See, all those that things sounds are foreign. Woo-woo. And that sounds foo-foo. And that sounds like it's not tough enough to get you to your goal. So if your goal is to get an A in math, because right now you're getting a C in math, then it seems like that criticizing yourself is much better. Come on, tough enough. You know, this is this is the real world. Kick yourself in the butt a little bit. Right. That's going to be a much stronger predictor of change than being kind to yourself. Well, the research says the opposite. The research says no. Yeah, so that's a myth, right? That that's a mental health myth. That the criticizing re- yourself is definitely not as powerful as being compassionate toward yourself. Is it different than saying I can be better? I'm going to challenge myself. How, it's how- awesome to say you should be better. We should continually challenge ourselves. We should do things every day that scare us. I am not saying that we shouldn't have goals and we shouldn't work toward them and we shouldn't fall in the process and get back up. I'm not saying any of that stuff, right? right. I am all, I, I would consider myself an ambitious person and I would say it with pride. Like I think that it's a great thing, right? And my ambition is to reach as many kids and families as possible. And that, and that's wonderful. And that's a goal of mine. And so I think all of us as humans should have goals. I think we're goal oriented. We're, we're pulled by the future. We're f- future oriented. Okay. So just sorry, I know the answer to your question with lots of words, but yes. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't want to better ourselves and set goals and try to reach them. What I am saying is that on the path to do so, what is a better motivator? Is it beating ourselves up or is it being compassionate toward ourselves? And you're saying compassion is a better motivator, and it is a absolutely. better motivator. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think sometimes when you think compassion, you think soft. And, oh, yeah. And you think soft, and you also think, oh, well, or you equate it to self pity, right? Mm. So this isn't about pity. This is definitely not about pity, right? This is about acknowledging your own suffering and seeing that you're not alone. Because what happens is, is that. One, if we don't acknowledge our own suffering, we're just kicking ourselves in the butt and criticizing ourselves. Oh, I should have done, you know, for we're adults, I should have done better on that presentation or I should have cooked a better meal for my kids or whatever it is, right? I should have been more productive today or that I hear that word productivity or being productive all the time. We don't feel productive enough. And then we beat ourselves up about it. Okay, I want to try something with you now. We do we role play. We do we do role playing on the show, so we act things out. Let's get ready, people. Quiet on the set. So I'm going to be a kid. You will be my parent, and I'm going to hit you with something that we talked about that's very painful. And then I want you to respond with any tool or technique that you choose of self compassion. I want you to teach me. Use this moment. To teach me something. Light, camera, and action. I suck. I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm a horrible Ugh. person. I am never, no one likes me. I have no friends. I Honey, what's going hate on? myself. Eddie, don't I say hate that. Myself. What's going on? I oh, hate my myself. love. I can't stand it. I don't even want to be here It breaks my anymore. heart to hear you say that. I don't want to talk to anybody. I hate myself. I hate it. I suck. Oh my goodness. I noticed that you're really, really upset. When you're ready, I'd love to talk to you about it. Oh, baby, come here. It's okay to cry. It's okay. I'm here for you. It's okay. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this because I feel this way all the time. 
What do I do? Yes, you know, I, I hear you. It does suck. It does suck when we feel that way. It does suck when something happens that makes us think things like that. But I noticed something. Can I tell you something that I noticed? I noticed the other day when I was really upset about something. Do you remember last week when I came home from work? And I left my bag at work and that I had that whole horrible day and I almost got in an accident and then I left the groceries in the car and all that stuff happened. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I do. I okay. do. Remember when I was really, really upset and you came and you were so kind to me and I know that you don't think it's the same situation, but I noticed something. I notice that when I have a problem and you give me advice, that you're much kinder to me than when you have a problem and you're talking to yourself. Do you notice that? Yeah, but I don't deserve good words, good thoughts, good feeling. I mean, I don't I don't deserve it because I I'm I'm a bad person. I don't I can't do things other people do. So I don't deserve it. You're big. I mean, it's easy to do for you. It's easy you don't to do for you. It, huh? No. No, you don't deserve no. love? I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. Okay, well, why don't we try something? Because I get that feeling. I get the feeling when you feel like I don't even deserve it. But let's try something, okay? Okay. Okay. How about I have the issue, the problem that you have right now. Let's switch. Okay. And you be me. Can you do that? I think I can. I'm pretty upset. I'm just upset. All right. Let's try it. Let's do it. Let's try it. Okay. I'll try it. Okay. Mm. Oh, God. I hate myself right now. It's so stupid. Well, I hate this. I hate everything. I especially hate myself. Well, I don't. Well, you're. You, you, you don't deserve that. How can you deserve that? That's, that's, you're, you're not a hateable person. <sighs> I don't see you that way. Well, I see myself that way. And I think other people see me that way. Well, maybe you don't have to. You're an incredible person and you have so many talents and you have so many gifts and Boy, you need to be a friend to yourself. No. I know it hurts. I just don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Boy, I don't blame you. It feels awful to feel that way. But if you, if it's coming from what you're telling yourself, then maybe you could feel differently if you told yourself something different. Not, and I'm not even saying something, you know, that's, it has to be something that feels right for you. It could be something like, I'm a good person, or I'm lovable, or I'm okay. So can I tell you something? Yeah. You are amazing at giving advice. See, Eddie? Look at that. Now, what you did for me just now, you just need to do for yourself. Cut. We got it. Print it. That's a wrap. Okay. Okay. So let's so, talk about what happened there. What did you do? I came in. 
I tried as much as I could in whatever way I could. And it was messy, which is good, you know, because that's how life is. It's not clean. I tried to hold space for the feelings that you were having, you know, which was why I was saying it's okay to cry. And we're not on video, so you couldn't see how I could physically hold space for you. But I would do that. Whatever your empathy language is, whether that's touch or whether it's space or what it is, is what I would try to give to you. I was trying to hold space for you. And then I was just trying to show you that it's very clear the way that you speak to friends and the way that you speak to others is completely in contrast to the way that you speak to yourself. And that maybe you're not going to be able to completely bridge that gap, but bring those two things closer together. Mm -hmm. Why is it so much easier for us to be kind to someone else when they're suffering? And be critical to ourselves when we're not. Why? I I think the reason why is because I just think we don't we're not taught it and we don't practice it. And I and I think that it's really, you know, maybe it's a function of the brain and negative bias, but I don't think so. I just think that we don't grow up. We think that we that that should come automatically. And the problem with all this stuff is that it doesn't come automatically. It's actually something that you have to be conscious and aware of. We certainly don't teach consciousness. We don't teach awareness. We're starting to, but nobody shows you how. And that's what this show is about. That's what we aspire to. We want to show you something. And sometimes the stuff is going to sound simple to you. You're listening and you're saying, oh, so today's show you told me to say to myself, I'm enough. Well, yeah, but what we're telling you is that when you say I'm enough, you reflect an awareness of the fact that you're telling yourself five million times a day that you're not enough. And that's what we're trying to get you to be aware of. You're telling yourself something all the time. What is it that you're telling yourself? Yeah, what's going through your head? So a great exercise for kids is really to write things down, you know, to draw a picture of themselves on a piece of paper, whether that be a beautiful sketch or it be a stick figure, and write down the thoughts that are going through their head. Right. And then circle the compassionate ones, right? And kind of make highlight of the ones that are critical. And sometimes they're all critical. And then look to see what one can be changed, right? Because we don't necessarily need to suppress all of those negative thoughts. In fact, on lots of episodes, we've talked about thought suppression doesn't work. It just makes it worse. But we can allow those things to come up and float by. Thanks, brain. I see that you're sending me another critical thought. But I'm going to choose because we can have a choice to pay attention to these more compassionate thoughts. So it's not about the thoughts that we're having. It's about the attention. Where do we focus our attention? Yeah, where do we focus our attention? Big one. And I want, you know, I want to read a letter, a brief letter, because we get, first of all, thank you all for your reviews on iTunes and your reviews where, wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Find the podcast wherever you listen. You can also find it on bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash Dear Anxiety on iTunes. You can subscribe and it will help us to subscribe to create a bigger community and to spread the word and to start a world of emotional fitness, a world of practice, a world of awareness and, and living happier and healthier. And you can record and send or you can send emails to gozen, G-O-Z-E-N dot com 
forward slash dear anxiety. So it's a letter like this. People send in letters all the time. Hi, Rini and Ed. As a parent of a teenage girl, I have to say that self-love to me seems like a luxury in today's world. I'm not really even sure what it is. And I feel like I don't have the time to even think about it. I don't know how to support my teen where it doesn't just sound like words because I'm not able to do it for myself. Is this something we can do together? Yes. Oh my goodness. I love this. So first of all, thank you so much for your candor and saying I'm not able to do it for myself. And of course, you don't want it to just sound like words. I think coming from a place of authenticity is the greatest gift that we can give to our kids and showing them that we're human and that we want to go through this process with them. I think there's so many beautiful things in that. I think they'll want to go through the process with you. And you can even say to them, listen, this is something that I'm not great at. And maybe we can do it together. And there are lots of different exercises. We're giving you some on this particular podcast that you guys can try. And it can even be, you know, again, super simple. You can start with one thing. Maybe the two of you can sit together and do a loving kindness meditation at the end of the night. If that's not your thing and that doesn't feel authentic to you, then maybe you can each write a letter to yourselves in the voice of a friend talking about a problem and write a letter to yourself in the voice of that friend responding to you. So, And then you can share those things. So there's lots of different exercises you can do. But I think that the starting point is really having a conversation openly with your teen that, listen, I'm not that great at this. It wasn't something that was taught to me, but I don't think it's ever too late to learn. And I would love to do this with you. Yeah, that's very, very good. Those are concrete things that you can actually do. And you remember from the, from the path, from listening to us here, there are a number of things. We talked about mantras. You talked about saying things like, I'm enough. Maybe you can create a mantra. Maybe you can do a mantra mashup with your kid or with yourself and just things that seem to resonate with you. You'll come up with that phrase that you can take through the day that you can return to as a cue to be present, to be conscious, and to to be kinder, to be kind to yourself. Maybe you can write a letter to yourself. Maybe you can do a loving kindness meditation at the end of the night. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you know peace. May you know that you are loved. Those are those are powerful statements. So, you know, keep listening and send us your concerns, your thoughts, your feelings, anything you want. Send me a cake if you can. No, I can't have cake. <laughs> but uh, have your cake and eat it too. Rini, anything else you want to you wanna tell them? Is there anything that you want to tell them about resources, something that they could find? Well, I, I do want to say that I think it's important to talk to kids about unconditionality, you know, that there are no conditions upon which your love is withheld and there are no conditions upon which their love should be withheld from themselves. So what I mean is you need to tell your kids, we need to tell them very explicitly, no matter what, right? No matter what you do, you are loved, you know, you are loved, period, that is the end. That is the period, right? You are not loved if X, Y, and Z. And they need to remove the if from their own mind. Oh, I, my life would be so much better or I could really like get zen or be, you know, be good with myself if, and then they insert it if, if I got into this college, if I did well on this exam, if I were able to date this person. So we really need to just get rid of the ifs. I wish I could round up all the ifs and put them into a bonfire. Get rid of the ifs. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, what the if? 
Um, what the if? What the, what if, the if, man? Yes. Get rid is of- the if in your statement about yourself? Because you need to get rid of the if. Get the if right? out. Get the if out get of my the- room. <laughs> get the if out of here. Get the if out of here. Yeah, I like get saying it. Get the if out of here. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. absolutely. I like that. Get the if out of here. Okay, we're out of time for today, but the conversation is going to continue. And very happy that you joined us and keep joining us and keep spreading the word and keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.